Good evening, um, good morning or good afternoon whenever you're listening or watching this from Sirencester where I just moved to. Welcome to the second instalment of this podcast that Malcolm had asked me to do uh, over these last two weeks. The first one last week, if you had a chance to watch or listen, uh, was to just refocus our minds on Jesus. And uh, the scripture that I, uh, that I read out, which was my hope for these two weeks, was from Colossians chapter 2 and that's in uh, in verse 6 it says uh, so then just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord uh, continue to live your lives in him rooted and built up in him strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness so my hope is that over these last couple of weeks this week now and last week as you heard the message um, that you are, uh, that you f- you feel and are more rooted, built up, strengthened your f- in strengthened in your faith, and especially overflowing with thankfulness um, at this time when there is definitely a lot of craziness going on in our world and a tremendous amount of evil. And uh, um, but as disciples, we do have a lot to be thankful for. Um, but let's continue to pray for our brothers and sisters, particularly in. Ukraine and Russia and Eastern Europe, um, very challenging times that we live in, uh, and indeed the impact on us. Um, so today we're going to focus, um, instead of reading as we did last week through um, chunks of scripture, which we read through, which was John 1, Colossians 1, Hebrews chapter 1, we're going to focus on one word that uh, particularly resonated with me through reading these scriptures. Um, there may be another word as you read through it that resonated with you, and please do share that in your family group. Um, and and uh, um, I'd love to hear if you've got any particular insight from those scriptures. Please do share with me as well. Um, so from John chapter one, I mean, I, I read through this again after last week, and uh, was just so struck by um, Jesus being the Word, the Logos, the Light, the Life of all mankind and this connection between life and light and and then i was struck by this one word in uh, in john chapter one and i thought hey let's spend a bit of time going through what does this mean for us together um in john chapter one in verse 15 it talks about um jesus as it says john testified concerning him he cried out saying this is the one i spoke about when i said he who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me out of his fullness we have all received grace in place of grace already given the word that really stuck out to me was fullness out of his fullness i thought what does this mean for me for us um what does this fullness even even mean and how is that connected to the church and um, as I shared last time, uh, we've just moved. And, and when you do move, you find things that you, uh, you know, you, you forgot you had or has been sitting in storage. Things like this, which has been great. My NIV exhaustive concordance, which um, pretty much every word I can say. Oh, well, how many times does the word the appear in the Bible? There it is. Um, by, the word, by the way, the word fullness is 10 times. It's about eight in the New Testament, so not actually that many. Um, I found this uh, compact Bible commentary. This is on the New Testament. Uh, you may have in your own 
book library or, or, or uh, online a, a um, access to um, specific book commentaries, but this is a, a concise one of, of, the, of the New Testament. Um, and I found this book I really recommend. It's called Evangelism in the Early Church by Michael Green, um, particularly chapter six on conversion. Really inspiring, clear, um, well-researched. There's a ton of footnotes and it's not as simple as, you know, here's the book. It'll be, uh, you know, page something, something from this book and you need to go and explore another book. So uh, a real minefield of awesome information and conviction. Um, so I recommend that book, particularly if you're interested in early Christian writings and, and convictions. What I mean by that is second, third, fourth century onwards, um, but particularly those centuries. And um, so we're going to spend a bit of time looking at the word fullness together. Um, I'm mainly going to use the scriptures, the Bible. This particular Bible has cross-referencing inside of it. And if you have one of those Bibles, please follow along because it's probably quite similar. If you don't, I highly recommend using cross-referencing. You can get a Bible with cross-references. Use Bible Hub, which I know uh, many people are aware of. You can find cross-references on there. All kinds of cool linkages to uh, the original words. So we are just blessed with overwhelming resources to understand the scriptures. And um, so let's be diligent and disciplined in our Bible study um, and, uh, and, and grow together. Um, so... This word fullness, um, what, I, what I'll do today, together with us, uh, to, to, together, um, all together, is, is um, um, follow some of the references about the word fullness. And then particularly, what does that mean for us as a church collectively? Yeah? And so the first verse I'm going to go to where, where fullness also comes up is in um, Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1, in verse 23. Um, and what I'll do is ask, start in verse um, 15, and we'll go through, just to give a bit of context. So Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15. Uh, it says, For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus, uh, Paul speaking, and your love for all God's people, I've not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, that he may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so you may know him better. I pray the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. The riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. I have no idea how much power that takes to have raised Jesus from the dead, but that same power is in us, um, for, for us who believe. And it says, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in this present age, but also in the one to come. Jesus has all authority. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. So you might be thinking, hang on a minute, 
um, the church, uh, his body, I'm, I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm getting distracted. There was a lot of singing going on in my house, beautiful singing. Um, um, the, ch the church, which is his body, the fullness of him. I don't know if you've ever thought about that, that the church, the, the church is connected to the fullness of Christ. Um, sometimes in my mind, it's been more, been more that Jesus is the image of God. Jesus is um, the deity in the flesh, um, as it talks about in, in Colossians, what we read last week. But somehow the church is an extension of that fullness, the fullness of Christ. Um, I find that completely inspiring in some ways overwhelming because i know you know we know as as, as the church is, is god's people we are certainly not perfect um but to think that we are connected to that fullness that's his body um is completely inspiring it's no wonder that god is so jealous for his people for the church that jesus is so jealous for us because it's part of his fullness um so let's let's read some of the other um the other cross references so in in colossians um we'll go to um colossians chapter one um colossians chapter one in um in verse uh verse 19 it says here god was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him this is the verse i was just alluding to and through him to reconcile to himself all things whether things on earth or things in heaven by making peace through his blood shed on the cross god was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him part of what's going on in the church in in colossae at the time is there's this this uh kind of embryonic Gnosticism brewing here where, where um, you know, Jesus isn't all that you need. Um, there's some other, um, you know, he might be kind of part of a deity and, and uh, but not full, you know, not the fullness of the deity. So um, Paul is purposefully talking about this and making sure that people understand um that Jesus has all the fullness of God in him, that there's nothing, you don't have to go to something else and there's not like some other authority. Um, now look at this and through him. So the fullness of God through Jesus to reconcile to himself, all things making peace through his blood shed on the cross. And, and that's it. Jesus said that, that it is finished. Um, but then he extends himself out into the church um, and somehow now the world has access to that fullness through the church. Um, and, and we get to be, we get to be part of Christ in that way. It's incredible. It's no wonder when you read in the book of Acts, um, that when the people understood who Jesus is and they said, what should, what can we do? It's no wonder that the disciples, when they were preaching, when Paul was preaching, sorry, when Peter was preaching, he says, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. It's, it's uh, the way I see how Jesus 
was extending his love through the apostles. It's his appeal to uh, to get people to come into contact with his blood. Um, I find it so incredible that we get to be a part of God's plan and God's mission. Um, I mean, surely there must be a way he can do that without us, but that's not the case. Um, so it makes a lot of sense why in Ephesians chapter 4, when we read about fullness again, um, it says in, um, in verse 11, Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 11, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers uh, to equip his people for works of service. Um, that is the purpose of those roles, so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So here we get this word fullness connected with maturity, growing in our knowledge of Jesus and we go back a bit and and there is clearly a very big responsibility on these roles in the church to prepare God's people for works of service. But ultimately, to get to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So we all have a part to play in, and, uh, in, in, uh, in getting to the fullness of Christ. And, um, and sometimes it's, I find it's, uh, it can be seem a bit confusing when you read some other scriptures. Um, uh, for example, in, in, uh, in Colossians 2, there's another verse that talks about fullness. Um, and uh, funny enough, a couple of weeks ago when we had house church in, in Cheltenham, um, I alluded to this last week, uh, Simon Evans and a few others came down from Birmingham and we had a great time together, but he also preached. And this is one of the verses that he used. Um, and I'm just echoing one of the points he made because I thought it was a really cool point. Um, Colossians chapter 2, verse 9, it says, For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. Paul's trying to make the same point about Jesus. And in Christ you have been brought to fullness. So it's not like, you know, you're getting the skimpy little bits of uh, of the deity of who who jesus is um no you've been brought to fullness um it's not like you know you sit there as the janitor grade and uh and you know at some point you're going to get to vice president grade or whatever it is um no we've all been brought to fullness that's what it's saying um that there's not not uh, uh you know bit parts going on here um now, of course, from the previous verse, we see that we're growing in our knowledge to get to attain to um, to understanding what that means. Um, but I think it's it's um, I just find it so inspiring. And I hope you do, too, as you think about this word fullness and think about what it means for you individually. Think about it, what it means for us collectively um, and think about what that means for people coming into the church who, who don't understand about God or have some limited understanding about Jesus and how we get to explain through our knowledge of him, through our lives, through the spirit working through us um, 
a deep understanding of the fullness of Christ that we already have and that is is free for others um, if they would just accept Jesus. And so I wanted to encourage us all with this uh, with this word fullness and consider what it means for you. And, um, uh, you know, I, I know it's um, it can be challenging at times to um, keep focused on our priority on God because there are all kinds of um, pulls at our heart and our time. Um, but uh, let me encourage you, this is the priority, yeah, to get to fullness in Christ, to mature, um, far beyond the importance of our jobs and anything else. Um, and I believe when that's our perspective, that other things fall into place um, as as God intends. And um, uh, I had this um, thing happen to me a week or so ago, and um, it was... My, my eye had a sty in it and um and it was like a little dot you know and then i think because we've been moving in that i i got some dust in it and anyway last saturday or so i woke up and my eye was completely shut uh, i couldn't open it um in fact i had to like use my muscle in my in my near my eye to just actually pull it open or even my hand to pry it open um and it was quite painful and and so i lost my depth perception you know when you when you uh lose your lose your biocular vision you can't quite get the same depth perception and um and i was making a cup of tea one day and um i love having a cup of tea actually i've got one here right now and if you're in the siren sister area please do um drop by if you'd like to and get, drop me a message and we can have a cup of tea together um and um, yeah, so I'm making a cup of tea and then I go to the kettle with my one eye to go and pour boiling hot water into the, into the mug and I completely missed the kettle and stuck my pinky into the boiling hot steam and burnt the thing. I've still got the kind of remnants of a scab you can see there if you're watching the video. Um, it was so painful and... Uh, another day, I stubbed my pinky on this piece of metal that I didn't quite see, and oh, you know when that happens, and it was just oh, it was so painful. I was writhing around in agony, um, such a tiny little part of my body, and um, so it, you know when when you lose your perspective, you get burned. Things get you know you walk into stuff that you shouldn't be walking into, and um, and I hope that as we have gone through the scriptures and as you've read through uh, John chapter 1, Colossians chapter 1, Hebrews chapter 1, it's reinvigorated you in your faith, um, refocused your mind, your heart uh, on Jesus and, and, and uh, on just keeping our eyes wide open on him and not letting anything get in the way of our focus on Jesus. Um, so have a great rest of the week ahead. Um, please do spend some time delving into these scriptures uh, there might be another word that really sticks out to you, and that's awesome. Um, discuss it in your family groups. and, and uh, But let's keep praying for one another to deepen in our faith, deepen in our knowledge of Jesus. Um, I wanted to ask if you could pray for the Bristol Church. I was down there this last weekend. I went to go speak there. It was great to meet the disciples there again. And um, Please keep praying for the Bristol Church. I'm personally praying for more people to move there, to become disciples. Um, people of all age, age ranges, 
but um, but also particularly younger people. I didn't realize until I did a bit of read did a bit of reading about Bristol. It actually has the youngest population by demographic. So. Um, uh, we definitely need a strong youth ministry, campus ministry, etc. in Bristol to reach those people. But in fact, it applies to people of all ages. Um, but please keep in prayer the, the campus, that there'll be more students there, that people will be inclined to go and be there who want to become disciples or who are disciples. I pray the same for Bath because that's just an hour from me. Royal Agriculture University, which is just here in Sirencester. Please keep that in your prayers. Cheltenham, keep Cheltenham in your prayers. There's a huge amount of development going on there. I think it will be a um, it'll be one of those places that um, uh, to live coming up soon. And so um, there's a lot of a lot of good good things going on in this particular part of the world. So please keep in prayer uh, as we as we aim to start more house churches and, and encourage more disciples, even in West Berkshire and Newbury. Um, I keep praying for for reading and wokingham and twyford and and um all around that area wargrave of course marlow and beaconsfield and, and surrey and dorset and um let's keep each other in our prayers as i'm sure we all do and and uh, fervently ask god to help us be close to him and to spread the message powerfully um, so have a great week ahead hope that you've enjoyed these last two weeks and uh do drop me a line I'd love to hear from you anything you, you uh, found particularly encouraging or any insight you want to share with me. Thank you.